Philippians chapter number 2 this morning. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians 2, and I'm going to read the first 11 verses again. We began looking at this passage and just dealt with the first two verses last Sunday morning. Philippians 2, verse number 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 5 is uh, the uh, text verse we're using, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we mentioned last week every believer should desire to be more like Jesus in their lives. Romans 8.29 tells us that we've been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. Well, you're going to be like Jesus one day if you're His. You're going to be exactly like Him, so you ought to want to be like Him now. Colossians 3.3 says that our life as a believer is hid with Christ in God. And the very next verse says that Christ is our life. Here in this passage, Paul is exhorting the Philippian church and us to see Jesus as the example for living the Christian life. So every believer should seek to be more like Jesus. And and we're, we're looking at this as a New Year's message. Uh, uh, in what ways are we to be like Jesus? We saw last week in verses 1 and 2 that we need to be like Jesus <clears throat> Excuse me, in our at attitude. And next we want to see here that we need to be like Jesus in our altitude. <laughs> Not just attitude, but in our altitude. We're talking about humility. We need to be like Jesus in humility. Verse uh, verse 5, I said, you know, is our, our text, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then down in verse number 8, it tells us of that mind. It says, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. First thing I want us to do this morning is let's look at the opposite of humility. Uh, we're familiar with uh, pride, right? Uh, we all have a problem with pride wanting to creep up in our lives. Uh, we definitely live in an age of pride, 
And uh, what is pride? According to Webster's Dictionary, pride is when someone has an inordinate amount of self-esteem. It's it's an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority. Uh, They look lift themselves up and look down on others, whether that superiority be in talents or beauty or wealth or accomplishments or uh, rank or elevation in office. It's an elevation of oneself. How does pride manifest itself? Again, Webster's Dictionary tells us that pride manifests itself in having lofty airs, you know, of distance, reserve, and often in haughty contempt for and rude treatment of others. Where does pride come from? Well, the Bible says that pride stems from our old Adamic nature, and man's fallen nature that he's born with. And we'll see in a moment that that, of course, came from Satan himself. But let's think about the Adamic nature. Mark 7, Jesus said in Mark 7, 22, he says, For from within, out of the heart of men, Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Okay? All these evil things come from within and defile the man. They, who we were before uh, we came to know Christ, the, the uh, natural man. It's full of that uh, wicked stuff that Jesus talked about, and pride is, is right on up there. What is God's perspective on pride? Proverbs 8.13 says that pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. God hates pride. Um, at Proverbs 6.16 calls an abomination. These six things that the Lord six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And the very first thing on the list is a proud look. Pride. Um, I uh, I'm very careful about using that word pride. Um, because you know, when you talk about being proud of, of something in your life, uh, I, I don't see much good of what the Bible says about pride. And, and I prefer to say, you know, I'm blessed of the Lord to have this in my life. You know, rather than, I, I even saw a post this week, somebody said, I, I, I am proud to be a Christian. Well, I don't like pride being used in the same context of being a Christian. I like to say, praise the Lord, I found Jesus, amen. Thank, thank the Lord what he's done for me. But uh, pride, because of its very nature, we know that God hates pride. He hates a proud look. What does pride do? Well, we know one thing that pride does is causes contention. It causes contention. Proverbs 13, verse number 10 says that only by pride cometh contention. Anywhere where you see contention taking place, in other words, uh, fighting among folks, uh, you, you can guarantee you yourself that uh, there's probably some pride that has entered in on one or the other side of that, or in most times it's both sides. And so pride causes contention. Pride brings deception. Pride brings deception. Speaking of Edom, uh, Obadiah 3 the uh, prophet Obadiah wrote these words from the Lord. said, The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Talking about Edom. That thou, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me to the ground? 
uh, Edom was full of pride and they didn't think that anybody could bring them down but of course the Lord could. Pride hardens a person. If you remember in the Old Testament uh, in the days of, of Moses as Moses went and presented himself before Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart in Moses' day and that stemmed from pride in his life. In fact, Ephesians, excuse me, Exodus 5, 2 says, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Well, that's just a statement made out of pride is what that is. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. This Lord, this Lord that you say, he's not going to tell me what to do. Uh, he had himself lifted up above the Lord. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, of Babylon, his mind was hardened in, in pride in Daniel's day. Daniel chapter number 5 verse number 20 says, When his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. Those of you that remember the story, uh, he was put out to pasture just like cattle um, because he, he lost his good senses is what he did. The, the Lord brought him down in, in, in his pride, and he learned his lesson. The Lord allowed his uh, faculties to come back to him at the end of a certain period of time, and uh, he resumed his place on the throne, but he said, you know, uh, I found out about the Lord. Uh, he's, he, he, is, he is high and lifted up, and I'm, I'm nothing before him. Uh, pride will cause one to turn from seeking after God. Psalms 10 verse 4 says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And that's really what we see a lot of in our day and time. People thinking that they don't need God in their life. Uh, and what that is is they think they can handle things on their own. They think they're okay the way that they are. And uh, again, they don't want uh, God telling them what to do in their life. But the wicked through his pride is not going to seek after God. Pride leads men in other, into other wickedness and vileness. In fact, uh, in Ezekiel 16, verse 49, God said that pride was one of the chief's sins of Sodom. Think about it. Sodom. You know, God rained fire and brimstone down on Sodom because of the wicked sin of sodomy. And it says in Ezekiel 16, 49, it says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. He's talking to his people. And he's calling them, you know, he's making out that like they were sisters of Sodom. He said, Pride. Pride was number one on this. Fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her. And so it was more than just uh, the things that uh, we associate with Sodom, that was there with Sodom. Uh, pride was the, the root cause, the root issue. And is there any wonder that uh, that word is associated with those same people today? Pride, yeah. They, 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 we talk about the, the, the pride, and God is not interested in pride. He's, he's, he is not uh, impressed with it in any way. Pride sets one up for judgment. It's what caused Satan to be brought low. Look at Isaiah chapter number 14. Just hold your place there. And uh, look at Isaiah chapter number 14. We, we find uh, mention here of, of Satan and uh, his attitude, and this is what caused him 
to be brought low. Isaiah 14, look at verse number 12. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, a son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground that which did weak, that's weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will. See, that's what pride says. Pride says, I will. I will ascend into heavens. I, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the, uh, of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Pride sets one up for judgment. And we see the example of that and none other than Satan himself. And of course, uh, he introduced Eve and Adam uh, to pride there. Uh, yea, hath God said. Got him into questioning God's word, what God said he was going to do. And uh, uh, pride is what caused others in Scripture to be brought low. We mentioned Pharaoh's pride brought him down. Nebuchadnezzar's pride brought him down. But not only Nebuchadnezzar's pride, you would think that his grandson would learn from his from his grandfather's uh, lesson. But it says of Belshazzar, uh, that, uh, Bel- look at Daniel chapter number 5. I want us to take a look at this. Daniel chapter number 5. And we see the pride that was in Belshazzar's life. Daniel 5, look at uh, verse number 22. And he reminds, in verse 20 and 21, he reminds Belshazzar of his of Nebuchadnezzar and his pride, and he says in verse twenty two, and thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this. In other words, Belshazzar, though he knew what happened to his grandfather, I know he calls him his son, but he's grandfather, and anybody in the line be called a son. Okay, so but Belshazzar had not humbled him his heart, though he knew. Uh, what God did to uh, his grandfather. Look at verse 23. But hast lifted up thyself, there's pride, against the Lord of heaven. And they have brought the vessels of his house before thee. And, and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and of gold and of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Well, what happened that night? What happened that night is the kingdom was taken away from Belshazzar. Uh, the, the, the kingdom was, was taken away. He was brought down because of his pride. Edom that we mentioned a while ago was brought down. So it says in Edom, in, in Obadiah chapter, uh, verse number 4, it says, Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. And the Lord did. The Lord brought Edom down. Edom's pride brought her down. Pride will also bring us down too. Pride will bring us down. We need to, need to be cautious of pride in our life. Proverbs 16 and verse number 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. May God help us with this matter of pride.
So we looked at the opposite of humility, and that's pride. Now let's take a look at this matter of humility. Well, the Webster's Dictionary defines it as freedom from pride and arrogance, uh, humbleness of mind, a modest estimate of one's own uh, worth. Uh, Webster goes on to say, with regard to the things of God, so that humility may consist of lowliness of mind. We read that in our passage there that we read in, in the book of Philippians. So humbleness of mind uh, a, and uh, a deep sense of one's own unworthiness in the sight of God, self-abasement and submission to the divine will. Again, humility is the opposite of pride, and it is also the opposite of vainglory. As mentioned there in verse 3, haughtiness, being puffed up, boasting, self-will, self-glory, and self-promotion. But our text also tells us that humility is having the mind of Christ. There in verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Now what does our text say about the characteristics of the humility that we are to manifest? Well, verse 3 tells us that humility is not seeking or demanding personal recognition. Verse number three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Humility is esteeming others better than oneself. Humility is caring for others, not just self. Look at verse 4. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Humility is caring for others, not just for self. Aren't you glad that Jesus humbled himself? Aren't you glad that uh, he did that for us? He, he became uh, 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 flesh for us to give his life a ransom for sin there on the cross of Calvary. And uh, humility is having the mind of Christ. Uh, humility is submitting to God and, and his will. Ver look at verse number 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant. Think of the Think of the humbling it took for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of the universe, being made like in the likeness of men. That's what he did. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That was a very humiliating uh, death. Uh, you will read the, the uh, passages sur surrounding the uh, arrest and, and crucifixion of our Lord, you come to understand that yes, it was a, a very uh, uh, a very bad situation there that our Lord and Savior went through. The, the bottom line is this. Humility is not to have self-confidence, but to be totally dependent upon God. And that's what Jesus did. Remember, He prayed in the garden, uh, well, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That, that shows the humility. The humility of uh, fleshly wise, him take, taking flesh, as a difficult thing to go through. Um, going through uh, the, the crucifixion. But he, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, 
I want you to understand what humility is not. We know that Christ was humble. He was meek and lowly in heart, according to Matthew 11, verse 29. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. So by observing him, we can uh, not only see what humility is, but we can see what it is not. First thing I want us to uh, turn to John's Gospel, chapter number 2. John's Gospel, chapter number 2. And we see here, uh, humility is not cowardice or timidity. Jesus uh, was not afraid to act when action needed to be taking place. In John chapter number 2, we see Jesus at the temple, and he drove out the merchants and money changers out of the temple because they were at wrong. Look at John 2, look at verse number 13. It says, And the Jews' Passover was at, at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Notice this in verse 14, And found in the temple, those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. When he made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and, and, and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence. Make not my father's house an house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Uh, and so we see our Lord and Savior there. He, he, he was not a coward. He was not timid. Jesus was not afraid to rebuke folks where folks needed re to be rebuked. In fact, in John eight forty four, he says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no, no truth in him. When he speaks of the lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So there were some folks that needed to be rebuked in that area and Jesus was not afraid to do that. Jesus did not back off from speaking the truth even in the face of danger. Look at John chapter number 10. John chapter number 10 and verse number 31. John 10, verse 31. Here the Jews are taking up stones to stone him. When he said, I and my father are one, there in verse 30. It says in verse 31, Then the Jews took up stones to, again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. Which of, the, which of those works do ye stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, For good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent unto the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. Jesus was not timid. Jesus was not afraid to rebuke folks 
uh, where it was needed. He, was, he did not back off from speaking the truth even in the face of great danger. Jesus did not back off from pointing out the error of others. Look at Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew 23 and, and verse number 1. So then spake Jesus to the multitude and to His disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seed, and all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that, uh, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move uh, them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. And they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues talking about their pride there. He said, and greetings in the markets and, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. We see Christ pointing out the error of others and verse number 11 and 12, look there, it says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that ex- shall humble himself shall be exalted. So Jesus spoke about this matter of humility. And in fact, uh, you know, we, we know that humility is not uh, uncertainty. Matthew 7 verse 29 says, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And, and also if you were to go through and read verses 13 through 33 right here in, in Matthew 23, you'll find eight times that Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Woe unto you. Humility is not quietness in the face of unrepentant evil. Jesus most certainly spoke out, but yet he was the most humble person, the most humble man in the flesh, because he was the God-man, yes, but he, he uh, uh, humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Why do we need humility in our lives? Well, the Bible says that we are to be clothed with it. We're to be clothed with humility. Colossians 3 verse 12 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and longsuffering. And then 1 Peter 5 and verse 5 says we're to be clothed with humility. Humility precedes being given grace from God. We just saw here in Matthew 23, there in verse number 12, Whosoever shall exalt himself, shall be abased. In other words, God, God will bring them down. You exalt yourself with pride, uh, you'll be brought down. But he that humble himself shall be exalted. And of course, Jesus is the primary example. He, he humbled himself, and he's got the, the name that is most lifted up. A name above every, every other name that is given. 
Humility precedes being given grace from God. 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 5 and 6 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, and all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humility is needed to receive God's word properly. You know, you can't really receive teaching and preaching of God's word and what God, God has to say from his word unless you are humbled in your heart. Um, that's what it says in James 1.21. says, Wherefore, lay, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. That's the way we're to receive it. Humility precedes being exalted or, or honored by God. Here in our text, in Philippians chapter number 2, we, we see Christ humbling himself. Because he humbled himself, verses 9 through 11 tell us that he's honored by God, honored by the Father that came from him uh, humbling himself. Matthew 23, verse 12, as we read there, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. James 4.10 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Proverbs 15.33 The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Uh, it says it in two places that before honor is humility. It's also said in Proverbs eighteen twelve, before destruction uh, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Proverbs twenty two and verse number four: by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. And so, if you want God's best in your life, you will humble yourself before Him. You will submit yourself unto His will for your life. Humility is essential for greatness in God's kingdom. Matthew 18 verse 4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is great in the kingdom of heaven. Now where does humility come from? Well, humility is a product or fruit of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives a product or fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Galatians 5.23, that meekness, speaking that humility. Pride is a product or fruit of the flesh. It comes from um, the flesh that we're born with, the, uh, the Adamic nature. So humility comes from walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, This I then... So this I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Humility comes from letting the mind of Christ be in us. In other words, we see Christ's humility and desire it and surrender to it and embrace it in our own life. Here we are in New Year 2023. I trust that we've seen these past two weeks that Christ is our example. He's our example for both the attitude and altitude that we need to have in this coming year. Not only this coming year, but the year after that, and the year after that until He comes. Amen. Um, 
Christ is our example for life. For life. We, he is our life, and He's to be our example. And we're to surrender to His working in our lives. Whose mind do you have this morning? Mind of Satan? Mind of the world? Mind of the flesh? Or the mind of Christ? What Jesus wants is for us to have His mind. How can we have His mind? Well, it begins with salvation. You'll never have the right mind. Never be in your right mind until you first know Christ. It begins with salvation and it requires surrender on our part. Just as Christ surrendered to His Heavenly Father, we need to surrender ourselves to God in our life. If you don't know the Lord this morning, we invite you to come. We're going to have a, a word of prayer and then we're going to have a hymn of invitation. And we invite you, if you do not know for sure that heaven is your home, if you never trusted Christ as your Savior, don't delay. Come. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And then you can have the mind of Christ uh, and uh, begin to please the Lord in the humility in your life rather than the pride of life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning.